0: Welcome back, MTN Nets podcast, Uh, the most typical Nets game you'll ever see. Coming in at 10.5 point favorites, a game they pretty much had to have in order to avoid the play-in. And, you know, they're down like five points or so with three minutes to go. And just every... It was just such a roller coaster. Like, that should not have been that close of a game. They were not boxing out at the end. They were letting this uh, Shangun guy go off. And uh, it was just typical Nets. You know, they make you sweat it out till the end. God forbid they win a game by a lot and have a comfortable win. Now, they won by like nine points in the end, but if you watch that game, you know it was very close. So the most important thing is the Nets get the win 123-114. We also got some help from the Knicks, who beat the Heat by like 10 or so today. The Nets are now up a game and a half on Miami to avoid the play-in. I believe there's now six games left for the Nets. So as long as they finish out the year strong, 4-2 and two or something like that, maybe even 3-3 three and three gets the job done, they will hopefully avoid avoid the uh, playing tournament, and they'll be matched up to play the Sixers right now, which, you know, that'd be awesome. Now, it'd be even better if Ben Simmons was playing, and that's a topic we'll get to towards the end of this video, because the Nets announced he will not return for the rest of this year. Shocker. But anyway, we're going to start talking about this game. Um... Yeah, a lot of clutch shooting at the end here from guys like Cam Johnson, especially. Cam Johnson had 31 in this game, 5 of 9 from downtown. Mikhail was 4 of 6 from downtown, hit some big shots in the 4th. He made that one 3-pointer when the Rockets really started to pull away, where it hit the front rim, hit the backboard, went back in. So a friendly roll from 3. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, of course, made the big corner three to pretty much put a dagger into this game. I'm also watching now Philly has a five point lead about to be seven possibly on the, uh, Dallas Mavericks. So we know about the Kyrie and Dallas thing. It's not going too well. Of course the Nets, uh, I believe own their pick in like 2029 or something like that. So, uh, if that team implodes, it's all good. And not to get off topic, but the Kyrie trade request just looks so bad now in hindsight. Like You pretty much had a playoff spot locked up here with the Nets. You go to the West and you join a team that was on the playoff bubble. And at this point, they might not even make it. So if Kyrie misses the playoffs as much as I like Kyrie, it'd be pretty funny if that happened. Anyway, so Cam Johnson was big in this game, of course, to 31 points, a plus seventeen. He's had his struggles, you know, he definitely has had his off-shooting nights, but a night like tonight, even had a couple of thunderous dunks, so it wasn't just a three-point shooting, it was attacking the rim. Uh, Mikhail gave us 27, 7 of 8 at the line, 8 of 17 overall, so it wasn't his best shooting day, but he did enough and once again made those big shots in the fourth quarter. Nick Claxton, the defensive anchor, he was 8 of 10 today, Uh, field goal-wise, 2 of 4 at the line, 10 rebounds total, 2 assists, 3 blocks. That was nice, of course. 18 points total. So yeah, Claxton did a pretty nice job for the most part, but every time he got dragged away from the basket, the Nets would allow offensive rebounds it felt like and Royce O'Neal was trying to jump and get the rebounds rather than box out and that of course did not work out too well against a guy like Sangoon who is a pretty tall guy Spencer Dinwiddie plus 20 so that was actually the best on the team he had 20 points he was 8 of 11 so I think he was o of 11 last game bounces back here in a big way 8 of 11 3 of 4 from 3 once again made the dagger in the corner Had 11 assists. He's had a lot of like high assist totals here since joining Brooklyn again, so that's good to see for Spencer. Not much complaining to the refs tonight. I will give uh, Spencer Dinwiddie credit for that. That was good to see. Um, Now, speaking of Cam Johnson, I'm thinking of like the game now. Speaking of Cam Johnson, he made that one weird play where Royce O'Neal made a great pass. It was kind of like a prime Kevin Love pass or like a prime – well, not prime, but current uh, Nikola Jokic-type pass where he gets a rebound, I think, on a missed foul shot maybe – And he chucks it down the floor and Cam Johnson's just there by himself. And I guess he wanted to come back to the ball, although he could have waited for it. And Cam Johnson, when he probably could have had a dunk or a layup, decides to catch the ball around the foul line, run away from his basket or run away from the opponent's basket and dragged it out for a three point shot then decides to drive got fouled at first then Houston challenged and they actually won that challenge I-, I don't even know if that was like a correct challenge or not or if that was the correct call i feel like yes you can argue that cam johnson kind of leaned in and you know initiated the contact but how many times do you see that in the nba it's all the time like i feel like that call goes against the defense 9 times out of 10 so I think Sengun played good defense on that play, but I just feel like for how the NBA calls things, that was not something that should have been overturned, but it is what it is. Royce O'Neal had a pretty pivotal role in the fourth quarter, especially. He was 3 of 5. He made a big 3 in this game where they might have been down like 8 points or so. He cut it to a 5-point game, and I feel like if he missed that shot, the Nets might have completely given up on this game like I don't want to word it like that but it would have been like a pretty big momentum shifter in the Rockets directions. Royce O'Neal made some big three-pointers from the right wing Joe Harris only played uh, six minutes didn't do much Utah seven minutes Dayron seven minutes I thought Dayron played well I I figured he would get more minutes in this game but only got seven Edmund Sumner was kind of out of control today he made a nice play where I think he forced a steal I think he threw a turnover and then on the um, you know the fast break for the Rockets, he swiped the ball out of a player's hand, and got a layup going the other way. So that was good. He made a mistake, made up for it right away. But this was not an Edmund Sumner game. Seth Curry played 13 minutes. That was the seventh most on the team. He had three points. He was one of one at the free throw line. Made a uh, two point field goal, like one of those you know typical Steph Curry 15 foot pull ups so uh yeah it was once again a frustrating game if i look at the team stats you will probably see that the rockets had a bunch of offensive rebounds compared to the nets offensive boards yeah so it was 20 offensive rebounds for the rockets and only eight for the nets and um when you have that type of uh disparity you're gonna lose a lot of games but the nets did make up for it in other areas they did shoot much better, not much better, but 53% from the field. The Rockets were at 46% from the field. The Nets shot 18% better from three. That'll definitely help you win some games. And of course, the Nets were awesome in the fourth quarter. I don't know if I said it before, but the Nets were nine of 10 from three in the fourth quarter. You'll win a lot of games shooting like that in the clutch. Free throw wise, the Nets were 5% better. You know, not a whole lot, but still. Um, but rebounding-wise, they were killed. I mean, if if the rebounding was even in this game, the Nets probably would have won by 20, but a lot of second-chance points, it felt like, for the Rockets, so that was just disappointing. The Nets still had more fast-break points. The Nets had 12 more assists. The Nets had 7 more blocks. I mean, yeah, they were doing a lot of good things in this game, but the Rockets had 14 more points in the paint, things like that that really got to them, so the lack of size and things like that, not boxing out the fundamentals. It did hurt them and they decided to go small towards the end of this game. And um, until Claxton came back and in the fourth quarter, Royce O'Neal was the center. So of course Royce O'Neal is not the biggest guy. He's like probably six five or six six at most. So him running at center was not ideal for defensive rebounding or even offensive rebounding but it did give them like a uh, a lineup with a lot of spacing that's going to help out a lot and of course Royce O'Neal made his shots and that definitely helped wow it looks like the Sixers are going to wrap this one up that's pretty crazy I saw the score before and the Mavericks had like a I don't know like a 13 point lead or so and you're thinking all right Dallas it's about time but of course they blow this lead so they legitimately might miss the playoffs. It sucks they don't have their first-round pick this year. As I said, Nets' Sixers would be very fun, especially if Ben Simmons played, but I think, like, if the Nets were to play the Bucks, especially even the Celtics, who they did beat last time when they came back from 28 down, but if they played those two teams, the Nets would have no chance. At least with the Sixers, you know, the realist in me is still picking Sixers in five, but, like, I feel like the Sixers are a way more favorable matchup for the Nets opposed to the other two teams like I, I you know the Nets against Boston in recent years has not been good against Milwaukee in recent years it hasn't been as bad but they just don't like Milwaukee's a machine right now I just don't want to play them especially at least with Philly like you might get playoff Harden you might get like an Embiid injury that keeps him out for like you know half a series or something like that. So you never know. Like that's a a series that I could see maybe going the Nets way. So I much prefer that, especially for like the James Harden playing his old team narrative. And once again, I wish Ben was there, but it is what it is. And and speaking of Ben, we'll get to that. The Nets did announce he's out for the year. Um, I want to see how many total games he played this year. I feel like it was something in the low forties, but. Just a very disappointing year. Like, I in the offseason, I was really excited for Ben Simmons. It was 42 games, so he played just over half the season. Finished with 6.9 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, 6.1 assists, 1.3 steals. Um, Of course, 6-6-6 was his line, so that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, very disappointing. I want to see if Kyrie and uh, Harden hug it out at the end here. I know they did last time. I don't know; they're not showing it anyway. But yeah, it was really disappointing here for um for Ben Simmons this year. And as I said, I really thought in the off season he was going to be a very good fit for this team. Of course, a few months ago, this team was much different looking. We didn't have Mikael Bridges or Cam Johnson or Din witty or uh, Finney Smith or any of those guys. But I figured, you know, Ben Simmons in this environment, um, he was not going to be asked to score the ball a lot. He was going to have two of the best scores in the entire league on his team, and it worked out for a bit. Like Ben Simmons had that stretch during the eighteen and two run for the Nets, where you know I think he he put together like five straight games of like you know eighty percent of the old Ben Simmons. He was averaging like I don't know something like fourteen eight and nine. Like it was a good stat line for the most part. That was over a five game span, and then he gets hurt again. You know, we we remember that game where he got poked in the eye and then he left the game with a knee injury. And it's just like over and over again. It felt like Ben kept having the same type of like left knee soreness. This time it's like some type of back impingement. impingement. I think I said that wrong at first, but impingement. Um, But the doctors did say that they expect Ben to make a full recovery. But that leads us to the question of has Ben Simmons played his last game as a Brooklyn net? Now, I do think the Nets, of course, can get out of his contract if they really wanted to. But the problem is that they'll have to do it the Brock Osweiler way. Of course, if you're a football fan, you know that name. um, Where I remember the Texans had to trade a draft pick and Osweiler just to get his ass off the team. So the Nets may be in a similar situation where, yeah, they can trade away Ben Simmons and probably have to trade for some other bad contract in return. But they would have to trade Simmons... And a pick, or maybe multiple picks, just to get him off the team. Because right now, who in their right mind wants to take Ben Simmons? Like It looks like it's just not even worth taking a shot on. So um, he has to have, by far, the worst contract in basketball. After this year, he has two years left on his deal. He's an unrestricted free agent in the 2025 offseason. So, a couple years left here. His cap hit next year is $37.8 million. Then, the year after that, is $40.3 million. So, I've heard both perspectives. There are fans that are completely done with Ben Simmons, get him off my team. And there's some fans that are, you know, looking at it more logically, I'll say, and they're saying, hey, Ben Simmons' value right now is at an all-time low. So why would we trade him right now when, like, there is still a chance he comes back and, you know, looks like kind of the old Ben Simmons. Oh, Kevin Durant's back. Look at that. So we have to just, we have to watch James Harden and Kyrie. Now we're watching Katie on ESPN. So that's great. Um, And personally, I don't know where I fit in that, you know, wh- where fans are with that. I don't know. Like, I, I think... I'm fine with either. I can see either way where if you get rid of Ben and have to attach a pick, it's like, okay, the headache is finally over. We can move on, right? We we traded one of those picks, I think, for Royce O'Neal. Of course, Drummond's gone. Seth Curry will probably move on after this year. I don't see the point in bringing him back. He doesn't play a big role for this team much anymore. So um, at that point, you just traded James Harden and, and Paul Millsap for Royce O'Neill, basically. But um Yeah I mean I don't know that that's it's a weird situation I'm sure Sean Marks does not want to give up on uh, Ben Simmons this quickly it's only been one year I mean it's been a year and a half technically but I'm sure he does not want to give up on him already at 26 years old but We have not really seen signs. I mean, we did see the one stretch, once again, of five games where Ben was kind of turning things around, but it never lasts. I just feel like he, you know, the back injuries are tough. It's going to take, you know, it's just one of those things that can end a career and, you know, make a player never be the same again. And I've said this before, if you watched uh, the old Ben Simmons highlights, he is not even close to where he used to be. And I don't think he'll ever get back to that. So... You know, if Simmons comes back next year and is completely healthy and has his confidence back, which is a big thing, then maybe he does help this team. But I I think chances are that it's probably not going to go in the right direction. You know, I don't think it can get much worse. I think Ben Simmons has pretty much hit rock bottom here. But I don't see Ben Simmons ever getting back to like, all-star form that just seems very far-fetched at this point so you know i hope i'm wrong about it but it's just one of those things where yeah the nets may be stuck here in this situation and it is what it is i'm trying to see how many times the nets were out of this game today so they were down 96 89 at one point they were down 100 to 92 at one point 102 95 with like 7:30 to go I think they got down by more, didn't they? Yeah, it was 108-103 with 340 to go. I wasn't feeling good at that point. I'm not going to lie. I already had a tweet lined up of, like, how the f do you blow this game, blah, blah, blah. But luckily they pulled it out. I mean, the Rockets, I mean, they have individual talent. You know, Porter Jr., guys like that, Jalen Green. They're very good, but, like, <laughs> that team overall is not good at all. So they're 18-59. and 59. So if you lost this game in a must-win situation... Would have been a tough look. But once again, um, clutch shooting in this game. You know, Claxton had that dunk to make it a three-point game. Royce O'Neal made the three-pointers to make it a two-point game. Cam Johnson made the corner three to go up by one. Claxton had a layup after that to go up three. Royce O'Neal made another big three to go up six, and that was kind of like the mini dagger. Then they got a stop on – actually, no, they, they didn't get a stop. Kevin Porter Jr. made a pull-up jumper along two, but then Dinwiddie came back down, made a three, nets were up seven with uh 25 seconds to go or so or 30 seconds to go and that was the game so yeah nerve-wracking it should not have been that close once again but at least now with uh i think six games to go i said the nets are in a pretty good spot at least to hold on to the sixth seed and once again shout out to the uh, knicks for handling business so let's go over the rest of the schedule since we're here um We'll see for sure if there's six games left, and I'm not speculating. One, two, three, four. Yeah, there are six games left. All right, so Friday night versus Atlanta. Nets are home. They're also home versus the Jazz on Sunday at noon. Not noon. It was a 3 o'clock game. Then the homestand ends versus the Timberwolves, which is a uh, Tuesday. So three-game homestand versus Atlanta, Utah, Minnesota. I would hope you can go 2-1 and there. I would really appreciate that obviously then they go at detroit which is the second half of a back-to-back so i know the you know I almost said lions the pistons are terrible um but still it's a back-to-back so we'll see how they play that i think at this point in the year especially if the heat keep winning you have to play your guys you can't rest people at this point these these are young guys you know early mid-20s there's no point in resting guys um versus orlando that Friday. So they have three games in like four days, which it's tough, obviously, but they play versus Orlando uh, Friday, April 7th. Of course, the Nets, I think, struggled against Orlando kind of recently. Yeah, they lost 119-106. That was a rough game, but Bridges had 44 points, so that was cool. Um, they finish out the year versus the Sixers at home. And maybe at that point, the Sixers rest their guys. I know they arrested Embiid and Harden last game for, uh, versus the Nuggets, I think it was. So at that point, if you're the Sixers and you have the three seed locked up, why would you risk any potential injury for Joel Embiid or James Harden? Like I think at that point, especially if you know, the Cavs are enough games back and the Celtics are enough games up and they are just cemented into the three seed. There's no point in the Sixers playing their guys. So the Nets might get the Sixers without their starters. So honestly, I mean, you can argue that the toughest game left on this schedule is maybe Orlando. I think Orlando's a tough matchup for the Nets. I mean, I know the Jazz have kind of fallen off from what they used to be. I haven't really kept up with them, honestly. They're 36-40, so I mean, they're definitely not what they were to the start of the year. Um, I think Orlando, based on what we saw, is a tough matchup for them. Atlanta on Friday, that's a winnable game. I think Minnesota is a winnable game. Utah is a winnable game. So... I hope they go two and one. Of course, you want three and zero, oh, but at least two and one. The rest of this homestand, maybe get that win at Detroit. I want to see their record real quick. They're probably awful. They are sixteen and fifty nine. Oh my God, sixteen and fifty nine. That's a game. Despite being a back to back, you have to win that. I. There's no excuse for that one. So, you know, last homestand was terrible. They had losses versus the Kings, Nuggets, Cleveland twice. So they lost four in a row, but now they're bouncing back. So it's good to see. But anyway, six games left. I think four and two is realistic. I hope they do that. And if they do finish four and two, I like their chances a lot to get in the top six seeds and avoid the playing. So that'd be nice. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video. Luckily, they pulled out this win and I'll talk to you guys next time.